0: at the top i had around three to three and a half million i mean not profit because i didn't have it liquid you know what i mean but like unrealized p l was about three three and a half million. and yeah over the bear market that's pretty much drained back right back down to zero so it's like it's it's been a huge like learning lesson for me you know getting uh watching assets go down even though I did make some good trades you know I, I just, SMB was probably one of my best ones like I turned 800 bucks into like 400k like really fucking stupid uh then like Bored Apes Mutants all these good plays I did great you know welcome to the
1: NFT Now podcast your go-to source to succeed in the fast moving world of web3 I'm Matt Medved each week we interview visionary creators builders and collectors so you can stay up-to-date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. GM, GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast. I'm Matt Medved, and today's guest is a proper NFT degen, Function, a prolific NFT trader and commentator, previously known as crypto influencer, Shil Nye. In this episode, he takes us through how he won and lost millions in the market, trading tips, alpha, and how he spots what's next. I'm excited to dive into it. Function will also be hosting a new weekly Twitter space for NFT Now called Crypto Chaos Hour, kicking off today and going every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Without any further ado, let's get into the journey of Function. Function on the NFT Now podcast. How you doing, man? Dude,
0: doing fantastic.
1: Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Look, you've had a pretty epic backstory, actually, you know, from Shilnai to function and beyond. Why don't we start at the beginning? Like, how did you get into crypto?
0: man i got into crypto in 2017 i dabbled a little bit in 2013 i had uh, got a little bitcoin litecoin for some digital purchases um and then really didn't pay attention to it for years and in 2017 one of my buddies calls me uh, and he uh i was working like automotive jobs and in restaurants just trying to like rebuild my life from some uh major events and then uh Ended up uh, uh, going over his house. He had a grow room with like 50 giant weed plants. And this was out here in Colorado. And he was like, I'm selling everything, bro. I'm getting rid of everything. I'm like, I, I know this is your major main business. It provides you a lot of revenue. Like, why, why are you quitting? He's like, I'm getting into crypto. Uh, and from that moment forward, I went home. And I think I opened up a Bitrix account. I threw 50 bucks in. I started trading coins and stuff and started to get into the game. And I don't ever think he got into it as deep as I did. Uh, but I, I just fell in love and that was, that was the whole beginning of everything. Got it, man. So how did you start to kind of like build your, like
1: your brand there? Because you, you were, you had a, like was Shil Nye, the first, the first alias you had or how, how what was that kind of trajectory there?
0: Yeah. Shil Nye was the very beginning of all of it, to be honest with you. In 2018, uh, I just, I was in a group chat with a bunch of guys. We were trading, uh, ICOs at the time. And one day we all woke up, we were all just like joking around with each other, just spitting out different names. Because back in 2018, we didn't have NFTs, you know, like there were NFTs there were crypto kitties, there were punks, but nobody really gave a fuck and nobody built their personalities around them like they do online now. What people would actually do is they'd build their person- personalities around aliases, like mostly like celebrity aliases you know they'd be like crypto john stewart or crypto steve jobs you know um and so we were fucking around one time on the internet and just like in a group chat and someone's just spit out shilliam shatner shill farrell and we're just like regurgitating different names with the word shill in them and one of the guys says shill nye and i was like dude i loved bill nye going up growing up you know he was one of the one of the guys we would always watch in science class so I hit him up I was like hey dude can I use that and he's like run with it bro and so Shil Nye the crypto guy was created um, and I remember the very first time I got like a lot of attention online was when we were ICO hunting one of my buddies sends me this ICO at 1am 1, 1 and I'm looking through it. I'm like, this doesn't look special. Why are you sending this to me? And he's like, no, dude, look at the team. And I scroll down. I look at the team and it was like, Kevin something is the lead designer, but they'd taken a photo of Ryan Gosling and they were trying to pretend that Ryan Gosling was like the lead designer under the name Kevin uh, of this ICO. And so I tweeted about it and then all the OGs found it and Messiah and all these big guys started to retweet it. Um, and it went, like, semi-viral. It went viral for what crypto Twitter was at the time. You know, got a couple, 500, 600 likes or whatever. I got, like, a 1,000 followers out of nowhere and kind of got a little bit addicted to the uh, the attention game right at that moment. I was like, wow, this is actually fucking sick. All the notifications were popping on my phone all day. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of, of Shil Nye's journey, you know. And then I spent the next two years, like, utilizing that profile to kind of get my hands uh, a little bit deeper into the industry and travel. I got invited to a whole bunch of places around the world to speak. And yeah, that was the very beginning of my brand building in crypto. Yeah. What were those days like compared to these days? Like how has how has crypto Twitter changed? Oh, man, it's so different now. Um, Back then, like... There was maybe like ten to twenty, maybe thirty people that had a lot of attention, and everybody else was small, and everybody else would just ride off the coattails of whatever the other twenty or thirty people said, Uh, and it was much more competitive too. You know, I I think it wasn't as. inclusive as it is now you know i think nfts have brought more of an inclusive nature uh to the crypto world you know even though we are playing a pvp game a lot of the times we do want to see each other win you know and and back then it was everyone's fighting for scraps of attention online and trying to be the biggest guy possible or trying to say the funniest joke or make the funniest meme and if you weren't like in the in crowd, then you were just like absolutely slaughtered and hated. It was like a completely like a completely different ecosystem and now, like there really isn't an in crowd. There might be in like certain sectors you know you've got like the thread guys and the nft like uh like mutant kind of ecosystem, but then there's like eighteen other ecosystems where there's like tons of people who have a lot of attention uh, and who are building their brands in unique ways. So I think it's like a lot different um, and a lot more inclusive. You know, I don't like, I don't see people kind of like, there's fighting for attention now per se, like with Twitter spaces and all this this other stuff, but it's not as uh, competitive and savage as it used to be. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I remember those days. Um, Tell us a
1: little bit about like the end of Shil and the birth of Function.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, uh, as the end of the last bear market came around, I was just honestly in a very like weird and 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 kind of twisted mental state uh, and emotional. You know, I'd uh, I gotten a lot of attention really quickly online. Uh, I had no idea how to handle it. I had no idea how to deal with it. And with that like large amount of attention, also came a decent amount of hate and negativity towards me. Like a lot of people uh, would make up stories or twist my story and make a lot of assumptions and uh, try to paint me in a negative light which, uh, really I had no idea how to deal with. I had no idea how to stand up to at the time, to be honest, especially when there's like a large group of people doing it. And I was a lone wolf. I was just me, you know, just, there was, I had a couple buddies per se, but we weren't necessarily like a team. Uh, and I didn't really feel like I had a whole bunch of people who had my back. Uh, and so I just took a break for a while. I was like, fuck this man. Like if everybody wants to be all negative and like talk shit and make up stories about me, then like, fuck this. I don't want to be here. Uh, and it got to me, the negative negativity, I let it get to me, uh, pretty deeply. Uh, so I took a break. I stepped back, uh, started working on music. Music's a huge passion of mine. Uh, you, like anybody can go listen to my music on Spotify under function. It's like one of just my, uh, like really big passions in life. I've been playing piano since I was five years old, and freestyle rapping since I was in college just for fun. And, uh, so I took a little break. I knew that music would be something that would kind of re-inspire me back into life again you know, re-inspired my heart to participate uh, in life again. Um, And I was just kind of tired of taking a beating from people publicly. And so I took a break, stepped back. And while I was working on music, one of my buddies hit me up and he was starting a crypto company. And he's like, dude, like, I want to pay you to be the CMO of this company. I really think that we can do something awesome here. And I don't know a better marketer in crypto than you. Uh, So I did. And that was uh, the first, one of the very first NFT companies in existence, actually. It was formed before Hashmasks came out. Uh, We were there like playing around with NFTs right as Hashmasks was minting. Um, And as we did so, we ended up being at the forefront of a lot of celebrity drops uh logan paul's first drop not his crypto zoo but his first one which was called the logan paul box break nft i believe uh where he had this whole utility around bringing people to his live event uh, bringing them on as like uh impulsive and having letting them open a forty-five thousand dollars pokemon pack uh, we, we launched Tory Lane's first music NFT, uh, which was, uh, EP on Ethereum. Uh, and then the company, I, I'm a, the founder and I got in like a little bit of a dispute and rebuttal. So I, I left the company after a while. Uh, but the company went on to launch six, nine, Lewis Capaldi, a bunch of really, really big music artists, uh, and brought them onto the blockchain, which was really, really like fun and exciting. Cause we really had no idea how impactful music and if or any nfts would be at that time uh it was so early this was before gary Vee even said a word about nft so it was very 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 early um uh, and so during that whole process of me working on this company and helping him build it i uh I was uh, just also had a, a couple anonymous profiles. You know, I had one that was specifically about Solana. I had like ten thousand followers. It was all about Solana education, and I was just like learning about Solana because I saw my buddy Neko Z tweet about it when it was like fifteen bucks. He's like, "Yo, this is going to be big," and so I just started studying it and learning and like getting deeper into that game. And then as soon as I saw the Board Apes come out and start to get popular, I created Function, and Function's account was specifically. I forgot what it was called. I think it was called like the NFT sniper for for some some other random shit. There was a bunch of names before Function came about. But um, it was all about just like really participating in the ecosystem. Uh, I really had no intention of it being like a massive account. Uh, I really like was going to run it for just giveaways (laughs) and like hopefully retweet a few giveaways and win something. Uh, And I was also uh, really just like utilizing it to observe how communities form. Because the one thing that I knew about crypto from like being in it since 2017 was social consensus mattered a lot. Uh, it mattered a lot, especially for price movement and for, uh, community, community development, all of these different things. And so I specifically made the function account to observe the board ape community, ended up buying a board ape, all of these different things. And then the account started to grow. You know, I started to, uh, Uh, get more involved in the community because I actually enjoyed it. I was like, these guys are fucking awesome. You know, I bought a Wicked Cranium and then we were minting, I think it was called The Great Goats, which had the same artist as Board API Club. And so we're just, I was having fun playing the speculative game with everybody and making a couple friends online. Um, And as as the account started to grow, like I actually utilized it like very intentionally because I realized, wow, okay, like people are liking what I'm saying. Um, And I kind of want, like I kind of utilized it as an avenue to explore like another part of myself that never really felt comfortable saying kind of more outlandish things, you know, like a lot of the times, like in when I was Shil I felt like I had to be kind of buttoned up and like very proper and make sure that like my the things that i was saying were 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 correct or or socially correct and things like that um and i didn't really allow myself to express my hu- side of humor and and making jokes or making memes and having fun which is honestly a huge part of this this experience in this community so i utilized it to to kind of express more of that side of myself that's where like kind of the dick jokes came from and uh kind of me being a little bit more of a savage online came from and um i utilized the anonymous nature to kind of like play into that realm and test that realm a little bit and once it grew big enough i was like i guess like there's really no need for me to hide anymore you know thankfully i've got a good group of friends around me and a team around me who support me as well so i didn't feel as much of a lone wolf as i did when i was shell nye um but i realized okay cool it's no longer like i no longer need to hide anymore like i can just like be myself i can dox myself and you know, if there's people that just don't like me, they just don't like me. It is what it is. Like let's play the game. And so that's where where it led to.
1: Yeah, no, what a what a journey. And I remember the 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 announcement and the way it reverberated around crypto Twitter and NFT Twitter. Um what was what was that moment like?
0: Uh honestly kind of uh scary to be honest with you, you know. Um part of me was like completely terrified to dox myself because like while i had felt like i had like walked and 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 acted in the greatest integrity possible even as Shil nai uh, there were still a large large amount of people that just didn't like me on the internet there's just like a large amount of people who were stuck in their perceptions and their judgments of me and and had never met me in person but Um, Had continually like lived in this box in this bubble of perception, thinking I'm like some weird terrible person, and so uh, I had remembered how like in reality how just not fun it was to receive a fuck ton of hate on the internet. It's just not fun. Uh, If anybody that's gotten a large amount of attention uh, understands that to a degree um and so it was it was a little bit nerve-wracking for me at first and then once i made the post and shared it with everybody and realized like how positively i'd impacted a lot of people's lives as shil nye and as function uh it became awesome because everybody was like dude you fucking rock yo it's this handsome ass dude no way i thought you were some fat kid like (laughs) so it was just like a experience to like kind of unveil myself and be like this is a little bit more about me and this is like who i am as a person and um yeah i continually kind of do that uh, as as this account continues to grow and as we continue to expand into the, like the next bull market you know it's like little piece by little piece i'm just, like learning how to share more about my journey and my experience and and not judge myself for it which i think reflects a lot on like how people view me yeah absolutely and i think you know
1: I know um kind of part of that re- you know reaction and, and the community like you know uh, uh, outpouring you know also came from the fact that you like really kind of like documented your journey as like a trader in, in the space in public and, and the like and, and turned people on to the projects. there were w's there were l's you know all of that um. Tell us a little bit about, like, what are some of, like, the trading principles you follow?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was pretty early in Bored Apes, very early in Mutants. I was, like, sweeping them at 3, 3.5 ETH. D-Gods was probably one of my best call calls. I didn't call it. I'm not, like, a caller. It's, like, go buy this. But it's one of my best, like, public purchases. I bought 55 between 3 and 10 soul, um, And... Really, I just I view it. I watch social consensus, man. You know, it's it's very, very it's a very different strategy than most people do. Most people are, I think, watching charts or watching price action. And while those are definitely factors that I like play into and utilize, they're like, at least four or five down my list. Um, I'm watching a lot of social consensus, like how do communities form and not just how loud they can be or how big they grow, but also like how well the network effect works, you know, like how well that the, how well do these individuals correlate and communicate with each other? You know, that was something that was always like very interesting to me early in D Gods was, uh, like the way that the. I, and I kind of contributed to Frank, to be honest with you. But the way that people were inspired to not just like come together and create little sub DAOs and group chats, but also a lot of them were creating businesses and they were attempting new ventures and they were attempting to utilize the D God IP in different ways. That to me always catches my attention. It's always got my uh, my like uh, my eyes always on that. Um, and then like another major factor that I always, always invest in, uh, is the founders themselves. You know, I think that that was one of my big, big indicators when, when investing heavily in D gods, uh, it was obviously an indicator with board apes, but that was more of a, uh, it was more of a solidified play already when I had gotten into them. You know, they were already five ETH, six ETH. Uh, and by the time I was buying mutants, the board ape floor was already 50 ETH. So it wasn't as like speculative of a play but d gods had just been ranging between like three to five soul for a very long time um and i just remember when uh dead gods were coming out and he was doing the whole transformation from dust uh frank dm me one day and he was just like hey dude uh, i really want your opinion on something we had gone back and forth and dms a lot I'd given him a little bit of like, I just gave him support in general, you know, not like direct advice, I'd say, but just support in general. Um, Cause I fuck with him and I fucked with, the, I fucked with the art. I, I really like the original art some people didn't but um and he dms me one day he says yo we're gonna scrap the paper hand bitch tax um and we're going to test out this new theory we're gonna uh do this dust token it's gonna be stakeable with your d god when you get ten thousand or whatever it was of them you can turn it into a dead god what do you think you know um and while i liked the idea and i thought it was unique i thought it was different this was long before really any nft had any tokens um or any of the staking mechanisms. He was really one of the pioneers of that. Um, I thought it was unique and different, but that like wasn't the only reason that like I started to buy more decods. Like The real reason was I saw Frank after maybe five or six months of having a, lack of a better word, a semi-failed project. Uh, do his ability to pivot, uh, uh, or, or show his ability to pivot, you know, um, and when I saw him have the ability to pivot and he wasn't quitting, that mentality like set it, it set him apart in my mind from other founders, especially in the Solana NFT ecosystem. A lot of founders would just quit after a month. They'd just be like, hey, I'm done. Didn't work out. We raised a bunch of money, but it is what it is. We're we're over. It's complete. Some of them would do it in a week. (laughs) And when I saw that, I was like, okay, this guy is determined. He really believes in what he's doing and he doesn't want to quit. Um, and he has the ability to pivot, which I think is one of the most necessary skills, especially the NFT and crypto realm is recognizing when your things aren't going the way you want them to go and make necessary changes in order for them to go a different direction. Um, and I said, fuck it, like, let's go. I'll, I'll bet on you as a founder. And that was, that was definitely one of my better plays. Love that. Love that. Um,
1: what, how would you say like trading NFTs differs from trading crypto?
0: Ooh, it's a very good question. Um, someone posted a while ago that NFTs are just shit coins with pictures. And I, I think it was Kobe or somebody. I was Kobe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was saying that as like soon as I got into NFTs, I was like, dude, these are just shit coins with pictures, bro. Uh but it does vary a little bit. Um, and what I mean by that is that the shit coins could correlate and congregate community together really well but they could never hold community together really well you know um when price goes down like a lot of members would just sell their coins and leave Uh, It's a lot easier to sell your coins and leave. Like you got 50,000 coins, very easy to just click one sell button and leave. Uh, Not as easy to do. Uh, Maybe it is now with blur and these other factors, but it definitely wasn't as easy to do in the past. If you had 50 NFTs, you have to sell them one by one. You have to sell them into the floor. If you have rares, then it's a completely different story because you're waiting for a rare to sell to a specific person. You're looking at price traits. You're looking at all of these different things. Um, But it has a lot of similarities as well because uh the the way that like people used to congregate in 2017 2018 around coins is so similar to the way that they congregate congregate around nfts um and, and i like it's it's so unique but the very the very big difference is i think that people get more emotionally attached to their nfts um especially when you start to relate them to your personality on the internet then all of a sudden you're playing a completely different game, you know, and it, it's actually one of the big social factors that I utilized when I was watching Board Apes. You know, when I was buying in the Bored Apes and buying the Mutants, I realized that if you're buying this NFT and you're utilizing it as your PFP and you want to claim it's like IP and all this other stuff, which it can be if you're actually building IP off of it. Then all of a sudden, and and like not only that, but you've got all these people viewing your PFP, and they are actually defining who you are based upon your profile picture. So if you ever change it, it's going to take like a decent amount of time for people to like remember who you are and re like formulate it in their minds. All of a sudden, you've, you're playing a whole different game. Like now, you're in this like giant scenario of like. Uh, an emotional attachment game, a game where you're not just trading an asset, you are trading an asset that is directly tied to your internet personality, which actually may or may not mean more to you than the 50, 100, $200,000 that you could get from the asset. And so that was one of the major plays that I was playing on on board apes was I was like, some of these motherfuckers are never going to sell this shit. They're never going to sell it. And if there gets to be enough people that won't sell it because they're so emotionally attached to it, then I have a large financial opportunity. Um, yep. And it was also very challenging for me to sell my board ape. You know, I had the Cheeto with the big ass grin and the heart sunglasses. I actually bought it in New York, uh, like mid bull run when we were hanging out out there. Yeah. Um, and I remember I spent $150,000 on that fucking thing. Uh, when did you throw it? uh i sold it near the top near the top it was like 90 eth i think it was like 290 350k something like that made a good profit on it Um, uh, but also like it was a very challenging decision to make because a lot of people were like dude you can never sell that bro that is function that is him dude like it's who you are bro and i was like well you guys are just gonna either have to like deal with it or just like never fucking like any of my tweets again whatever dude like (laughs) you know what i mean um but it was also like financially the right decision you know it's yeah what apes are like i wouldn't be able to sell that fucker for like 40 eth now (laughs) Um, so it was it was challenging but it's also part of the game that you have to kind of like recognize and play when you're you're entering into an asset that you're tying to a digital identity how do you know when to sell? That's that's the toughest thing. That's that's my hardest
1: thing. You know, I'm the kind of guy who's going to is much more likely to hold something to zero than uh, than sell too early, right? Like I'm still holding my ape. <laughs> but you know, it's like how how do you time that as a trader? Like how what are the signs you look at? What are you when, like how did you know it was the right time?
0: Uh I wasn't perfect, I'll say that right off the bat. I think I sold my my ape when it was 98th. I think for a week, maybe a week or a week and a half the floor went to like 100. 30, 150 ETH. Uh, So it did go up for a very short period of time, but my goal is never to sell the exact top. My goal is never to buy the exact bottom. My goal is to get a good range. Um, And to be honest with you, last bull run was very, very different because... Uh, I was watching so many of the indicators early on that there was like four or five different points, like before the actual top happened that I was like, this is the top, like, there's no way it goes higher than this. Uh, but the whole new NFT asset class and the level at which the mainstream culture like attached to it and got into it surprised me. I, I actually never thought that it would go that deep the very first uh, around for NFTs. Um, but really what I watch for is social indicators again, like it's how I trade. Uh, and so that could be Madonna buying a board ape. That could be Justin Bieber buying a floor ape for 150 or 250, whatever he did, you know, uh, it could be, uh, a lot of celebrity stuff. It's also has to do with a lot like of things that are happening in the community as well. You know, when I watch, when I get DMS, I will give you a great example. One board ape DM would me last run. He said, yo, dude, all I have out of all my assets is the sport eight and my mutant. And uh, uh, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to sell it. Would you give me some advice? And I was like, dude, I don't, I, I don't tell you whether to buy or sell. It's not my, it's not my place. Uh, but I'll be happy to give you a little walkthrough. Like talk to me about your life experience. And he's like, dude, I literally have fucking a hundred dollars in my bank. I work a fucking night job at a bar. I'm a bartender. And I do that every single night. And I was like, dude, you have a hundred dollars in your bank and you have two three hundred thousand dollars worth of assets in your wallet. Not gonna say what to do, bro, but make it like there's a smart decision, there's dumb decision. You know what I mean? Um, and those are kind of the social indicators I also look for is when people are screaming that it's going to keep going. You know, I remember specifically in 2017 when I like started to get super deep into crypto, Bitcoin hit 20K. And I remember the social consensus. Everyone on Twitter was screaming, it's going to 100, it's going to 100, it's not stopping. And it just, like, when Bored Apes came around, and when all these NFTs came around, it reminded me exactly of that. It was the exact same thing. Everyone was screaming, oh, dude, Bored Apes are going to a million dollars each. There's no way they stop here. It's just not possible, you know? And maybe one day they will, maybe they won't. I don't really know, I can't say. But uh, when you buy an asset for a few hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars and all of a sudden you're up 10 20 50 100x maybe even more thousand x on that investment it's always a good time to take a little bit of profit and it like it may seem obvious now while we're in the middle of a bear market but when you're in the middle of a fucking bull market and everyone's gonna sh- like talking shit and being like you're a dumbass for selling like i remember i sold my board ape every like and I, I, made, I made a claim on Twitter. I was like, I think we're almost done here, guys. Like, love the Bored Apes, but I'm selling, and this is why I sold. Everyone shat on me, everyone. Like, all the Bored Apes were like, dude, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and it was just like, social consensus is that this ideology that it's never going to stop, you know? And that I made the worst decision in the world for selling a monkey picture for $300,000. But now, in reality, we can see that wasn't a poor decision. Uh, and sometimes you just have to make Like you have to really be able to calculate the decision that's right for you in your life. You know, if you got thirty million dollars and you got a three hundred thousand dollar asset and you don't want to sell it, cool, dude, just don't. If you got thirty dollars or three hundred dollars and you're playing with fucking hundreds of thousands in your crypto wallet, it's always good good time to take like a little bit off the top to make your life a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, Do you keep track
1: like like an overall like PNL? Like, do you have any idea like how much money you actually made trading NFTs?
0: yeah man uh it's not exact but i definitely at the top i had around three to three and a half million something like that In um, profit yeah i mean not profit because i didn't have it liquid you know what i mean but like <laughs> unrealized if, if, uh <laughs> unrealized profit unrealized pnl was about three three and a half ms uh and yeah, over the bear market, that's pretty much drained back right back down to zero. So it's like it's it's been a huge like learning lesson for me, you know. Getting uh, watching assets go down, even though I did make some good trades, you know, I, I SMB was probably one of my best ones. Like I turned 800 bucks into like 400k, like really fucking stupid. Uh, then like board apes, mutants, all these good plays, I did great, you know. Um, but I also didn't protect my assets well, you know. I wasn't the most intelligent with. Uh, keeping all my assets on a ledger, uh, all that different stuff. And while I lost some money with the markets going down and kind of trading a little bit too long into the bear market, like thinking I still had it thinking I was still him, you know, (laughs) like as the fucking bear started to hit, definitely lost a good percentage of money to that. But the majority of my funds got hit from, from hacks this last bear. I got hacked two times for definitely like somewhere between half a million and 750 K in assets, uh, It was brutal. Uh, But it was like a lesson that I really needed to learn. It was super humbling and brought me uh, a lot more experience that I think will be very valuable this next run. Yeah, absolutely, man.
1: That's always brutal. But like you said, it's almost like it's almost a rite of passage at some point in the space. Like everybody's going to like going to lose something in some way, whether they click a wrong link or whatever, like all that. What were some of like, you know, not to relive the trauma, yeah, you I know, you don't have to go through all, but like what were some of the lessons you took away from, from the hack experiences?
0: Uh, just to be more secure with stuff. You know, the first hack I had sold all my D gods uh, and it was to put a down deposit on a house for a friend. Um, and he had asked me, he's like, Yo, dude, like I, I really I want quarter million to get this house. It's a community house, so it's something that we all kind of share together. I don't live there, but it's something we always share together. Um and I said, Yeah, of course. I w- I would be happy to do that, bro. And one of my last assets after a couple poor trades <laughs> was my D gods and they were mooning. So I sold all my D gods, got a little bit over a quarter of a million for them. Um and one morning I I again, I I I actually don't even know how it happened still. Uh, but I woke up one morning, looked at my phone, and the only notification on my phone was 2,500 2, Solana. It was about a hundred bucks, 110 bucks per Solana at the time, sent from my wallet to someone else who i would never seen before um and so i had no idea how that happened i think my best guess is some my best guess is someone was uh remote accessing my computer uh had, and had been watching it uh, i probably downloaded some stupid thing on my computer and somebody uh was remote accessing it but again it's my my that, that was the first lesson like always keep my shit on a ledger especially when you're playing with like a, lo- a large amount of capital you know uh, and then the second lesson was to just be a little bit more strategic and aware, you know, my, uh, the second hack happened, it stole the majority of my Solana NFTs and, uh, super valuable NFTs. When I was working with a dev to, uh, make a tic-tac-toe game on Solana, we had this whole idea where like, let's make a competitive tic-tac-toe game. The Solana community will love it. Everybody will eat it up. So we started working with this dev and most of the time I was using a, a, a burner wallet, uh but my dumbass, the one day i didn't use a burner wallet i connected my main wallet and the second thing i also did was i typed function in as the name on the game and this was when i was like number one or two on nft inspect and like pretty fucking large in the d god community and all this other stuff so i had a lot a lot of attention on me still uh i think the guy saw that it was function i think he looked in the wallet Uh, he started messaging us i was like hey dude the game's not working he's like dude just approve the transaction it'll work so i approve it He's like still not working dude what's going on and i was like let me improve it one more time and next thing you know dude all my nfts are gone um dude just straight rugged us and so again my ignorance my fault i shouldn't have been uh a i shouldn't have been so loud about it you know i think that that taught me a lot like uh it taught me about how much of a target like you can become the louder you get on twitter which isn't a problem but um, If you're bragging about how many watches you got or how many cars you got, it's like, it is a real thing. You do have to be aware of those things. Um, and then it also, again, taught me, dude, use a fucking ledger. What are you doing, man? <laughs> so uh, two very challenging and painful lessons took me a while to like move my way through it, but I did and uh, was able to come back stronger from it.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. You know, speaking of of Solana NFTs, you know, you've you've consistently been ahead of the curve. I think it was you who first kind of like told me about Solana NFTs, about this like ecosystem that was popping off and all that. I know you're now like really into ordinals as well. Like, what do you what do you kind of look for when you're when you're thinking about like these sort of emerging ecosystems, emerging projects, protocols, chains? Like, like what what's that kind of consistent thread where you're like, ooh, this is this has potential.
0: Uh, I look for a like real builders, people that are like actually wanting to build something legitimate. Um, and I look for just interesting new technology. You know, one of my good friends, shout out Cooper Turley. I think I saw him on one of your recent uh, podcasts. We've been buddies since like 2018. Um, and he came over to my house one time before the bull run got super deep last, last, uh, last bull run and. Uh, he was telling me all about DeFi Summer and how he how he made a bag. and I was like, "Yo, dude, like that's fantastic! Congratulations! Like, do you have any strategy or any tips around like how you pulled this off?" Uh, and the one thing he told me I will always remember. He said, "Yes, in the bear market." Instead of fucking around and just doing a nothing, I studied every single DeFi protocol. I went to every single DeFi event, and I learned the inner workings of how Aave and all this stuff is fucking happening. Like, what is actually going on behind the scenes? Not just making an investment in a random coin. Um, and so I did that with uh, with with Solana NFTs, like specifically with Solana. Like that was that was my reason for getting into Solana was because when I heard him say that, I said. Well, everybody's talking about Solana on Twitter. It's 15 bucks. I might as well learn about proof of history and all of this stuff and how it actually works behind the scenes and the mechanics around it. And I won't claim to be an expert because I'm not a blockchain technology expert, but I did learn enough to wrap my head around how stuff worked. Um, and once I did that, what I realized is it like you can make an investment in a coin and it's a speculation. But when you make an investment in a coin that you know about and you've studied and you've learned, it allows you to actually have conviction. So the only reason that I was continually buying Solana at 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and like also throwing all that into NFTs was because I had conviction because of what I had studied and because I liked how the technology worked. I liked how it worked. I liked how fast it was. I liked how the community was formulating around it, which is obviously another huge factor. And that's what has me interested in ordinals right now, too. You know, like the whole ordinal ecosystem's interesting to me because if we can just get rid of IPFS and we can start inscribing on on Bitcoin, which is the mother coin, the, the mother chain, the greatest fucking coin that is is around. And it's also bringing so much attention to Bitcoin from people like NFT people didn't give a fuck about Bitcoin before this. So now if it's bringing that much attention to Bitcoin uh, and teaching people how Bitcoin can actually revolutionize our economic system. Uh, it had like the ordinals just have a lot of value to me just for that reason, just because it's teaching the people the value of a Satoshi and what the fuck a Satoshi is. That's the whole reason I got into this crypto stuff in the very beginning, you know, was after I was like, Oh, I can make money here. I learned about Bitcoin. I said, wow, this has the capacity to change the world. This has the capacity to like, like evolve our financial system. And if you change our financial system, you change war, you change famine, you change poverty, you change a lot of fucking shit. Um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of what I look for is like new emerging technologies that interest me that have different factors that kind of shift and shape things that are already like occurring in our ecosystem. Uh and then I watch for the communities forming around it, you know. When I saw BitGod21 or whatever is it, 21 on Twitter, you know, I was like, who the fuck is this guy, dude? He got one hundred twenty thousand followers in like two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, something like that. I was like, this guy's fucking massive. You know, um, and like, I I'm not one to get like, like jealous or competitive in that realm. I was actually impressed and I was impressed by him. And I was also impressed by the, the, uh, the capacity and the, the loudness and the largeness of, of the ordinal community. And that was one of the things that drew me in that was like, I need to learn about this shit and I need to learn about it quickly. Um, shout out big guy. We jumped on a phone call a couple weeks ago. Great guy. Awesome. Genuine dude. Um, and so, yeah, that's like like when I see that, and when I see real builders coming into an ecosystem that are wanting to do things differently and have a strong ethos and believe in their ethos, it's enough for me to make an educated guess.
1: Yeah, no, no it's interesting too because you know I, I got into crypto through Bitcoin as well, twenty thirteen. You know the white paper, all that. Um, and it's really interesting to see how Ordinals have kind of like kind of reintroduce or like a whole new generation, uh, you know, to Bitcoin, the original blockchain. You know, there are a lot of people, especially from the creative space, who bought their first crypto to buy an NFT. And largely, they've mostly interacted with the eth- you know, Ethereum ecosystem or maybe the Solana ecosystem or the like. And it's like now all of a sudden, like Bitcoin is like relevant to them in a way that it wasn't before. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, obviously not financial advice, but like what are some of the projects on Bitcoin, on Ordinals that like, you have your eye on right now or you think have a lot of potential?
0: yeah i I mean i love the omb guys zk and i have been buddies uh and like at least jammed a decent amount before uh before he even launched omb he's a d god so we'd connected a little bit here and there we were actually supposed to meet up in miami but just never ended up doing it got too busy um so i fuck with him i I like his kind of stance on it he's like omb is not an nft project it's a movement good marketing dude just great marketing it's caught my attention um I like the Peepos, you know, the little Peepos, Inscribed Pepe's. They're a really good team. Um, they got really cool art and stuff like that. And I just like what I really like is that it's bringing the ecosystems different, you know? When you go to a Solana and you buy a Solana NFT, and like in, first off, in the bear market, in 30 minutes, the floor price is under mint. And people are all bitching. They're all like, oh, well, what's the NFT? What's the value? What's the utility? What are you building? Blah, 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 blah. And it makes the ecosystem semi-toxic to a degree. I understand why. Like there's a lot of people that are kind of new to finance and new to like building things. They don't really understand how much time it takes. And especially on Solana, there's just like a lot of young people. I think that's like one of the main reasons. Um, but at the same time, it's, and I like, and I get, they've lost a lot of money. I get there's been rug pulls. There's been rug pulls on every chain though. You don't really see people on ETH bitching that hard. Um, that's what I like about ordinals. It seems to be a creator centric, uh, ecosystem. And what I mean by that is people are really just buying shit for the art. You know, like I bought a bunch of like, Fucking frogs, fracking frogs, or whatever they're called. And again, not financial advice. I'm down 90%, but I don't really care. Like, I like the art. I think they're fucking cool. Maybe they do something one day. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, You know, and I vibed with the team on a phone call one time. Thought they were good guys. So I'll buy some. And people don't really hold the same level of expectation um for and, and i think that gives artists a little bit more like uh freedom in their creation you know um like shout out shelby stardust she's one of the ones that just launched an nft collection over there she hooked me up with one of her little trippy land bears and it just seems to me i joined their space the other day it just seems to me that people actually give a fuck about supporting the artists and supporting the creators rather than like how can I get the quickest flip possible how can I make this much money because in reality like even if you are in ordinals right now you know that like the money just it still isn't there like it's not an ecosystem where you can go mint something and then the next day sell it for an outrageous floor price uh, it, it just doesn't happen. And I think partially because the ecosystem is new and partially because we're still in a bear market and people are pretty illiquid and there hasn't been a lot of liquidity coming over to ordinals yet. Um, but the technology interests me enough for me to pay attention and continue to stick around. Yeah.
1: I'm curious too, like, where do you think we are in the cycle right now? Like, I, you know, you said we're still in the bear market. Do you think we're like getting towards the start of a new bull cycle? Like, when do you think the bull market will be back?
0: Right now, I feel like we're in the ambiguous spot in between the bear and the bull. You know, uh, when you see like a coin like Pepe go from a couple thousand dollar market cap up to half a million, it went to one point something billion, 1.3 billion or something at one point, uh, you start to see like that's a sign. You know, that's like one of the first indicators. Um, another one that I absolutely love. Again, these aren't shills uh, do your own research or whatever, not financial advice, but I love the Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic 10, new shit. Like it's the perfect combination of like humor and degeneracy. <laughs> um, and it just reminds me, like a lot of people are like, I don't get it or I hate it. But like, it just reminds me of just like the fun times of crypto, you know, like you didn't have to understand NFTs during 2021, 2022, you didn't have to get it. You didn't have to at all. In fact, it was almost better if you didn't get it and you just bought everything on the on on the on the internet. You, you know? I remember when we were minting World of Women, I was like, why am I minting these? Like besides the fact Gary Vee's talking about them. Like, I don't know. And all of a sudden that turned out to be a good fucking trade, you know? And so like that's kind of what makes crypto fun though, is these little niche communities that find Uh, That people find like a home in, you know, I think there's a lot of people online uh, and just in the world in general that are just lonely, man. Like a lot of people don't have a group of friends. Like I'm very blessed to have a group of friends that understand crypto and understand my world. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people, especially in crypto realm, are like lone wolves. Their mom or their dad tell them not to invest, or their wife's like, what are you doing on the internet so late? Or their best friend's like some finance guy that's like, don't do crypto, bro, like it's all a scam. You know, they they don't feel understood. Um, and as absolutely ridiculous and out of this world, things like the Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic Ten Inu are, um, it also brings like a like a, a home for those people to like feel connected and express different parts of themselves that they never expressed and connect with new people that have same vibe, same vision, same uh, energy as they do. Um, and for me, I fucking love that shit. So when I see, when I see stuff like that forming again, it's just a general bullish indicator. Um, I don't think we're full bull until the happening starts to hit again. You know, usually my indicator is, is watch for the happening. Wait by a couple months before it, Uh, start to dollar cost average in and and you'll you'll be pretty solid Um, it might be different this time around though because there's way more attention on crypto and Bitcoin than there has ever been like we might not ever see another $15,000 Bitcoin I don't know we might Um, but that's kind of like what I watch for is like waiting for the time period to really strike. And then usually that time period seems to be around the halving, a couple months before it starts to make some big movements. And then afterwards we're off to the fucking races.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's similar, similar thesis here. Um, I'm curious too, like what, you know, like thinking about like the NFT space, you know, everything's obviously down pretty bad right now. Like what do you think's coming back? Like what, which of these projects do you think are gonna, are gonna come back in the bowl and, and why?
0: It's a good question. Um, I think that people that are able to stick with it through the bear and continue to build, have a better chance at coming back in the bull. Uh, I'm also a very big believer. Like when, when everything was dumping a couple weeks ago, you know, my buddy ice knife texts me and I, and I says, he's like, dude, what are you buying right now? Like you buying mutants, you buying fucking pudgy penguins. You buy, what are you, what are you, you going to buy? You know? Um, and I, I told him one thing. I said, the only NFT that I would consider buying right now, uh, specifically would uh, the only NFT that I would consider buying right now is a CryptoPunk. And again, not financial advice, but it's the only one that I would really consider buying because it's a it's based on history. It has the quote unquote historical value. I don't really think that's ever changing, and it doesn't have some bullshit roadmap or some like like outrageous plans that like may or may not happen that are all dependent upon a founder actually execute it doesn't have any of that it's just like you buy the you buy the crypto punk you got a crypto punk that's what you got you got a piece of history it's on the blockchain you know what you're buying um and so i like i like nfts like that and and i really think i like crypto punks are the main one i, I, I like stuff like that currently in this moment um but in terms of like the next cycle i think that I always look for new things that are happening. Um, And the reason being that I think a lot of people speculate on things in the past that could come back. And while they might, that's great. That's not where usually the gains are. You know, if you look at the last crypto cycle from coins to this crypto cycle from coins, they're completely fucking different. Most of the coins from 2018 to 2020, uh, 2017 and beyond then, like, Nobody gives a fuck about them. Yeah, they go up in price, not to say they don't go up in price because almost everything goes up in price in a bull market, but they don't have the number of Xs and the high percentage gains that the brand new coins have. And so I'm, I'm taking the same perspective with NFTs. Uh, I'm watching for things that haven't had massive insane cycles yet. Um, I'm watching for new things that are popping up with strong founders, strong teams, strong leadership, insane communities, stuff like that. Uh, and just kind of waiting and being patient and observing because that's where, that's how I like, that's how I made like all the money last bull run was being early on shit before it went fucking ballistic. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be the same exact realm in my opinion with, with the next cycle.
1: What do you think are some of those narratives and like, uh, or like use cases or
0: areas or categories that are going to drive the next bull cycle? um i think the 7 or the 6551 standards really interesting i think people that are going to be playing more with that uh, uh definitely have a lot of potential uh shout out sydney swift i was talking with him he's he's a big dude in the space he's doing a creator nft i'm not, not a paid show i'm not part of the team or anything but i've talked with him a little bit and helped him out uh and he's really focused on ip you know i think that has a very 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 large role potential role in the next bull run um and i'm also watching gaming a lot man i think like i'll just say it now like one of my favorite projects right now is sappy seals like like uh, i try to say i, I try good, not to love say that more. on twitter <laughs> Yeah. i know they're gonna absolutely love it. i try not to say yeah. it too much on twitter one because i don't want price to go up too much before i get more um but two also because like in reality like you never really know what's going to happen but Wob is is one of the people that fits like fits a lot of the boxes that i'm talking about it has a savage insane community uh uh low floor price it's got fucking uh a strong founder Wob, who's actually building something with Pixelverse and really has good intentions behind it and he's very very communicative with his community uh and with the the larger broader community um i it's like one of my big bets so i think like gaming is has like a very very large potential uh role in the next bull run and it's where i have a lot of my eyes and attention on as well there it is and like you
1: said you're you're also a musician i know you you just released your first music nft tell us a little bit about that and also like what what what's your what's your take on music nfts going forward
0: yeah um i love making music it's one of my big hobbies and big passions in life in general i've been playing piano since i was 5 years old and freestyle rapping since I was like six, 17, 18, whatever it might be when I went to college. Um, and just something I absolutely love to do. I was very skeptical on music NFTs when I started, you know? Um, it's like, what's the purpose of all this stuff, you know? Like, why would I want to pay for this instead of like, uh, just turning on Spotify and listening to it? I could see the value behind it for the artist, you know? The artist has essentially the, the capacity to become his own record label, <laughs> which I think is absolutely massive. Um, but I still don't think we've like found the full like clicking yet, you know, and that might be because of the technology, but it also might just be because the attention isn't there yet. And we haven't had like the full connection between the listener and like the listener buyer and the creator. Um, and I think it, I think the next bull run has a lot of potential with that, which is why I'm kind of like experimenting with it a little bit. I just dropped my first song on sound XYZ. Uh, and just like playing around, seeing how the whole ecosystem works. Um, shout out to my boy, Sammy. He's like one of my co-producers on everything that I make, but he also like showed he created a technology that showed me like the deep potential of it. And what I mean by that is he created, uh, with the, I think it's night collective. I wouldn't want to pronounce that, but I think it's Navac collective. Uh, they've got this, a music video experience that you can actually bring people through. It's a video game that you actually play and go through the music video as you play the video game. Like imagine you're like actually walking around, you're collecting these tickets or these tokens as you're going through it, music's like expanding and playing in the background. And every time you go through a new scene, a new section of the music video plays and shows you uh, a whole new part of the story that the artist has created. I think that's fucking genius because anything that can get the fan of a music artist to actually become engaged with the music itself to actually participate in the music rather than being an outside speculator uh or spectator um is going to change the way that like music is 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 really experienced in general um that was the first thing i really noticed when i was working with tori lanes was like if music artists can like bring their fans up to their level a little bit and have them more connected, then they'll make tenfold money. They'll get tenfold more exposure, tenfold more attention. But for so long, the music industry has gained like so much traction and money because they've pedestaled these artists to a crazy greater degree than their actual fans. Their fans are looking up at them, trying to be them. But I really think if you like level it out a little bit, uh, it could change the way that that music is like experienced
1: there it is well it's time for our rapid fire segment bullish or bearish let 's start with a project that you uh that you know very well are you bullish or bearish on board ape yacht club
0: i'm actually bullish yeah um i'm really bullish on other side to be honest with you like in reality if they can pull that off which I really do think they will like it's gonna be fucking stupid there's so many people that play world of warcraft like and it's such an outdated old game like if somebody can bring a new version and a new experience of that into into the gaming world it's gonna be fucking massive
1: And do you think that that drives value back to the original like board ape yacht club collection um because you know so many have spoken about like all, all of these new games heavy metal like there's like some people feel like there's a dilution happening like curious like what your thoughts on that dynamic?
0: It's a great question. I don't know. It's all about how they spin the narrative and why why a board ape would be valuable. You know, I saw in their last demo, like the they had Curtis in there, and he was 10 times bigger than everyone else, you know, or a hundred times bigger than everybody else. Like if that's like that that's just enough use case for it to be valuable, you know? Like if you have a, a board ape, you put it right in the center of your plot of land and everybody can see it from like 18, 20 plots of land away. And they become part of the game ecosystem itself. I definitely think there's like some interest there. Um, but again, it's like all very, very speculative. You know, it's all about how, how the board ape, like how having a board ape is going to interface with the actual other side game, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, another ecosystem that you know well, bullish or bearish on Solana NFTs going forward?
0: That's a good question. I'm bullish. I'm bullish mostly because I just don't think they can go down much more. (laughs) You know, Um, as Ed, in the current moment, I'm bearish. In the long term, I'm bullish. And here's why like, current moment, I'm bearish just because of the attitude of people, man. Like, it's just not fun to collect Solana NFTs anymore. And people forget, like, Yes, you were always trying to make money. You always wanted to make money when you bought an NFT. You didn't want to buy an NFT and not make money. It makes sense. But also, like, the majority of the bull run on Solana happened solely because everyone was having so much fun with Solana NFTs and buying them and sharing them and participating. Like, that was why I was over there spending fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars on shit, was literally just because how much fun it was and how, like, the group of people would, like, just enjoy the factors of participating, whether they made money or not. You know, people forget a lot about that, and I'm bearish right now because most of that has been drained from the ecosystem. A lot of it is people acting like children and complaining about this or that or this or that. Uh, it doesn't make a fun ecosystem for anyone to actually want to build on or want to participate on. Like most. Builders are just like, why would I build on Solana? Like everyone's just gonna shit on me, you know. And it makes sense. Like I, like I completely understand that. I wouldn't want to launch a project right now. Your floor price probably isn't gonna go up too much. And then once it's under mint or once it's starting to go down, everyone's just gonna talk shit and call you a rugger not a really fun experience uh but long term i'm very bullish because i believe in solana i think that the transaction speeds the network the way the blockchain works has a very very large potential to uh be usable like by a lot more people than uh ethereum will be um i think ethereum will have a lot more people don't get me wrong but uh the gas fees itself is just such a huge thing man you know Polly dropped his shit today is like whatever is rug or whatever. Um, And I tried to swap something. It was 83 bucks to swap a coin, not for his coin for another coin, but I was was 83 bucks to swap, you know, Solana. It doesn't even get to 83 cents. It'd be incredible if it got to eight cents. And that's actually as, as different as the chain may be as quote unquote centralized as it may be, the user experience is completely different um, and the community overall is fucking fun. I, I liked a lot of the Solana people. Like it's like partially where my home is. Um, so I think overall long-term I'm bullish.
1: Yeah. Um, bullish or bearish open C.
0: Ooh, i going to have to say bearish on that one. <laughs> I think they're, unless they drop a fucking token, give me my coins. <laughs> um, no, but in reality, like I'm bearish mostly because they, they just like, they, I'm cautious to say this, but it feels like they just don't give a fuck, you know? Um, And it it felt like that for a very long time. I mean, if anybody was really participating heavily in the last bull run, they were really the only option to go trade your NFTs on. Um, And for the most part, like, it really just felt like they were disconnected from the community and what the community was asking for and what the community wanted. Um, I mean they made so much fucking money. So maybe they just don't give a shit or maybe they just are actually have no social connection to the people that they're like interfacing with. I don't know the reason. Um, but overall I'm bearish, especially with things like blur and all these other like NFT platforms that are coming out. Um, people hate a lot on blur, but in reality, dude, blur is a much better user experience than, than OpenSea is like the fact that you can sell into all the bids and you can do all of this stuff. Like, it sucks in a bear market when everything's going down and everybody just wants to place blame somewhere. So they just place it on blur and the farmers and all of this other stuff. But in reality, in a bull market, it's going to be a fucking awesome tool. Like I can't wait to watch my floor prices go up 50 X and then not have to wait for it to sell on the floor. I can just sell into a bid that's relatively close to the floor uh, and do so in bulk, which was the main indicator for me that was like really fun and easy to use
1: yeah well that was actually gonna be my last one was bullish or bearish on blur so curious like it sounds pretty bullish to me
0: overall i'm bullish man uh i'm not Mm -hmm. huge into like the whole farming stuff i think it was a smart mechanism for them to get attention to get users so i don't fully blame them for it you know i think a lot of it also has to do with the people that are farming and are using those kind of manipulative mechanisms in order to like get tokens um not to say it's a bad thing or a good thing. I think it's all part of the ecosystem and it's like a a unique strategy to kind of like play around with it. But overall, I'm, I'm bullish on it, dude. I think it's the most friendly UI UX right now. I have a very easy time navigating through all the traits. I have a very easy time checking out floor prices and the different NFTs that are on there. And again, I love the, the ability to bulk sell. Like, I just love it. Like if the floor is 0.3 eth and the the uh the uh bids are at 0.29 eth or 0.295 like i have no hesitancy book selling into a 0.295 a uh, 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 bid rather than sitting and flooring my NFT for 0.299 and just waiting for it to sell. And then somebody else undercuts me and then undercuts me. Like a lot of the stress with NFTs for me was just flooring or trying to sell my NFT and watching people undercut the trade or undercut the floor and just like constantly having to move it. It's just like got annoying after a little while. So that feature alone for me is like bullish. There it is.
1: Well, function Always a pleasure, man. Great having you on the podcast. Uh, excited for this new Twitter space that, that, that we'll be launching together and um, look forward to, to conversations to come.
0: Fuck yeah, bro. Thank you for having me.
1: Honestly, a lot of alpha in that episode. We covered the highs and the lows, the wins and the losses, everything from wallet safety to trading tips and what's going to dominate the narrative for the next full run. If Functions Journey is any indicator, it's going to be anything but boring. Before we go, if you like this episode, please do visit your podcast provider of choice and leave us a review. We love to get your feedback. We love the stars and it helps surface what we're doing to a wider audience. We'll see you again next time on the NFT Now podcast.